Good morning, my soulful listeners. Welcome to the Healing Soulfully podcast with your host, me, Ashley Lynch, aka your girl, Lime Khaleesi, on Instagram. This is my day two of podcasting. It is June 22nd, 2020, and it's about quarter to eight in the morning. I'm sitting out here by the marina in Port Townsend, Washington State, next to my loyal cat, Optimus Prime, aka Opie Girl. The waves are rolling in slowly, and the birds awake prior to all the humans. And I take a moment to take a breath. I encourage you, wherever you are listening to my voice right now, just to take a breath. You don't have to close your eyes. You can take in what's around you. Because I can guarantee there's something to be grateful for something that your eyes can lay upon that find beauty and and hope in today and that's what the breath does for us right and allows us to be present in this moment to be here now and for healing to truly take place you really do need to be in this present moment I can't live in the past. However, all that has happened up until this moment right now has made you who you are today, has prepared you for what might be tomorrow. But for now, the past and the future, those can dissipate with the clouds that pass by because we're here, you're here, (laughs) and we've made it to this point today. You are where you're meant to be at the time you're supposed to be there. Have faith in that. And if you can't, I believe sharing a little bit about who I am, a little bit about my journey that took me to this place right here, right now, speaking to you, having the honor of sharing my healing journey with you. Well, it started in New Hampshire, as that's where I was born and raised, small, small town called New Boston, New Hampshire. A girl of a small town, a town with a blinking light and all the essentials. But my high school was a half an hour away where I later met my soulmate and high school sweetheart, Eddie. Growing up with a single mom, my parents got divorced when I was six years old. 
did the traveling back and forth and visiting, shared visits and shared holidays and until I could no longer take the married family that my my dad had chosen. So I stopped seeing him when I was 12 years old. It was one of the hardest decisions I've still had to make to this day. But it was the healthiest decision I needed to make for myself. I have a learning disability, so I take a little extra time to truly understand and grasp things and to excel past just the level playing field that a 504 plan and an IEP allowed me to play upon. I needed to work two to three times harder than everyone if I wanted to excel. That's what I did. I worked my butt off in high school to get to Springfield College to pursue a degree in health sciences focused on becoming a physician's assistant. However, <laughs> as chemistry haunted me, I could have taken it again and done better. However, as I began to immerse myself in the health field and, and talking to PAs and physicians, I realized they weren't really my people. Um, just talking to someone for, you know, from five to 15 minutes and possibly helping towards a diagnosis and writing a prescription and sending them on their way just didn't resonate with who I am at my core. And as I'm being open to and figuring out more and more, really at my core, I'm a healer. I began be speaking to people in the therapy fields, especially occupational therapists, not realizing OT had roots embedded in my history from early, early ages in elementary school when I had poor hand-eye coordination and needed hand-eye coordination therapy from an occupational therapist and reading specialists as I couldn't read until a late age. And also when my grandmother's significant other was passing from a rare aggressive form of cancer and in order to keep him at home which was his goal and my grandmother's therapy came in the home with hospice care in order to make it as safe as possible for them for as long as possible i saw that occupational therapy looked at a human body holistically it wasn't just the body it was their support systems it was their activities of daily living that gave them purpose. So halfway through my college, my undergraduate college education at Springfield College in Springfield, Massachusetts, I discovered occupational therapy and started heading down that route. Still in health sciences, I studied abroad in 2010, my sophomore year, with my best friend, Brooke. We went to Rome, lived there for a little over four months, and traveled a bit. 
What beautiful times to smile upon and reminisce upon. And that's what our past can do for us. However, of course, it was not always sunshine and rainbows, right? Growing up as a child, I saw domestic violence in my household so severe. I had the SWAT team in my house at eighth grade. I was saving my mom's life. And he ended up going to jail for a couple of years. I also got myself into a tricky situation. Eddie and I broke up for a year when I studied abroad. He went to Honduras and dropped off the face of the earth, didn't have a cell phone, didn't have a Facebook, didn't have any way of contacting. He was healing in a land I had never envisioned, and I trying to heal a broken heart and a world away from home. I got myself into a bad relationship that I didn't know until later on was severely emotionally, sexually abusive. And these traumas I bring up in brief because these scars, they make me. They are me. They're part of me. They're not all of me. And that's why I have this podcast. I have my Instagram, at Lyme Khaleesi. And that's where I've been sharing a lot of my Lyme disease journey. Most of my Lyme disease journey. But here, I am so excited to be sharing how I got to a place of healing and how I got to sitting right here, right now. It's beautiful, isn't it? So grateful to be sitting here, having the honor to speak to you right now. I came back from Italy, and Eddie and I got back together my senior year of undergraduate I participated in the vagina monologues which was pivotal for my healing becoming a woman being confident in my womanness <laughs> in my feminism in my strength and in my power I went on to Columbia University per, to pursue, excuse me. <laughs> this reminds me, I'm gonna kinda just be me and I hope you love me for that. And if, and if you don't, that is, that is totally okay, my friend, to each their own, right? But this is me, I have Lyme disease, I am not perfect. But as a history of a perfectionist, I am working on that aspect of me to accept me as I am, as I come today. And if that includes stuttering or making mistakes, part of me is being okay with that. Being human is making mistakes. And to really revel in my humanness and to connect with you on a human level, I have 
pretty much made a vow to myself that I'm not going to sit here and edit the crap out of these podcasts. I have yet to learn even how to edit them. (laughs) So with the mistakes, I hope you smile and realize there's just another human on the other side of this voice. So with that, I go on to graduate school in an Ivy League graduate school um, in New York City in the upper west side of Washington Heights before you get to the Bronx. That is where I spent the better half of two and a half years. And through all my college education, I failed to mention I underwent five major back surgeries. Now you see, my Lyme disease wasn't an acute infection after a tick bite, although ticks were prevalent and we picked them off our dogs and our animals daily, you know, often off of us as well, living in New Hampshire, growing up in the sticks. (laughs) But my Lyme disease is rooted in a chronic stage. It's rooted in days prior to me even coming to this world in utero with my mother. My birth was a rough one. It was her first. I was a cesarean section, emergency C-section. And starting at age two and a half, I stopped walking abruptly and my parents freaked out, brought me to a hospital in Boston and said, you know, Boston Children's Hospital, help me. What is going on with my daughter? She just stopped walking and now she's not walking. Help. And at that point I was walking again. They said, oh, it was a weird virus, but she's got high cholesterol. Mind you, I was a, a little stick. I had a high metabolism, very difficult for me to even gain weight. I never stopped moving, so my parents were really at a loss. They did a lot of diet changes, you know, went to skim milk, went to margarine, stuff like that. This happened again when I was 12. I was um, watching my baby brother. We're 10 years apart. He's my baby. And um, again, lost my ability to walk. Now, you can shrug these things off as pinched nerves or freak events, right? But to me, these were just warning signs of my body screaming to me that something neurologically was taking place in my body. When I was in grad school in New York City, it became the most difficult time of my life, which I could not figure out as I had survived (laughs) insurmountable pain up until this point and hurt and traumas. But this is when I believe my Lyme disease began to show its ugly head and manifested in a psychological way. Anxiety, panic attacks, depression, suicidal ideations, walking to the George Washington Bridge and finally snapping out of it and realizing, what the F am I doing? What am I doing here? Now I mentioned Opie, who's sitting here next to me faithfully with her little sea turtle harness and her little blue bandana. (laughs) 
Well, I didn't have her then, but I did have Carmen, our other cat, who's going to be turning seven come August as I turn 30. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> she kept me alive in crazy, irrational thinking patterns. I didn't hang myself. I didn't off myself. I didn't leave this world yet. Because what would have happened to my baby? When would people have found her? So this is how I speak. I'm just giving you a little glimpse of... This is me. These are some of the roots that have brought me to where I am now. Where I'm actually growing and reaching my my leaves and my branches up towards the sun and up towards source to heal to heal my soul fully I graduated from occupational therapy graduate school Columbia University got one of five awards that were given to the, I'd say, 54 of us that, I don't know if we started with 54 and and graduated with like 51 or something, but irregardless, I received a beautiful award in gerontology, which is the study of the aging or the elderly. I do love them. <laughs> I feel they have so much wisdom, so much to teach us if we're only willing to open our hearts to them and maybe turn on our ears. Listening seems to become a skill or a virtue that we don't readily get to enjoy these days, if you will. Yes, we all have so much to say, hence this podcast. But I want you to know that I'm here to listen to. And with that, I'm going to take another breath to bring us to this present moment. I see you, my friend. I hear you, my friend. And I hold your heart in this space of understanding, of compassion, of love and light and healing. You're safe to land here. Whether you've been following me on Instagram or you're one of our dear, dear friends that I sent this to yesterday with the emoji of its brain blowing off its head as this was really on a whim yesterday. I can't believe this podcast is a real thing. It's tangible. I can hold it. Here we are, friends. Thank you for being here. I just want you to know this is a safe place. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what wars you feel you're walking through today. We are all human. We are all born worthy of love. There's nothing that you have to do to earn love. 
You have my love. Right now. <sighs> Beautiful. So, to flip back and forth. To keep going back to my, my roots, my story. To, for you to get to know your host. In 2014, I underwent a spinal fusion. And that was my last back surgery. Very happy that I... Agreed <laughs> to undergo that and heal from that. I still have a lot of back problems, however, I'm functional and speaking to an occupational therapy function is everything. It's great if I can walk 15 feet with a rolling walker. Yeah, that's great. But to be able to get up and make my own coffee which failed this morning, which I won't get into. As you get to know me, usually these will most likely be done with coffee in hand in my beautiful feminist mug. But unfortunately this morning, couldn't get my hand grinder to grind the beans. So I'm looking at whole beans and boiled water. That's okay. So I came out to take a breath and to be here present in this moment, even though my coffee was an epic fail this morning. So usually I say, don't talk to me. I don't wake up until I have my coffee, but I'm letting you in. This was an early morning for me, and Eddie rarely gets to sleep, and that kid was snoring like a banshee. So Opie and I snuck out and are enjoying this morning sun, and this morning quiet on this Pacific Northwest with very little human interaction, which is really how we prefer it. I'm watching these beautiful people wake up on their boats as this is a marina. Watching how interesting there's definitely similarities of our lives, right? Full-time RV life and full-time sailing or boating life. Spoke to a crew yesterday and uh, I'm watching the dogs on board. It's just... It's really, it's a different world for Eddie and I growing up on the Northeast. He did spend a lot of his um, teenage years growing up in Arizona. I'll dive into probably a little bit of Eddie and I, maybe on a podcast I can convince him to show his voice on, if you will. So after Columbia, I had to continue with my field work, which is unpaid, <laughs> volunteer, if you will, for the experience. So I went back to New Hampshire, lived with my mom in New Boston, and carried out my extensive months and months on end rotations in inpatient psych units and acute care in a hospital where I ended up working as an occupational therapist after I had studied and, and nannied while I was studying for a summer. And I worked full-time as an occupational therapist in acute care in a hospital in Elliott Health System, Elliott Hospital in Manchester, New Hampshire. I worked there a full year until my Lyme disease really, really took over and I was no longer able to work. 
It's no longer safe for me to work with my patients. I began having seizures every two to three minutes. I couldn't remember the last two weeks I had drove to work, seen patients, documented. It was a really, really scary time for us, for me and my family. My coworkers who began family saw me get through a lot. I worked through spinal fluid leaks. I worked with my back brace under my scrubs. I I showed up. I always showed up and I always did my best. You could always rely on Ashley to do her best. I was always like that. I always went 110% at life, never taking time to stop and breathe, which is quite counter-opposite of who you are hearing today here on this podcast, who isn't afraid to make time to stop and take a breath because that's life. Without that breath, that air, this beautiful water I'm looking at, this earth beneath my feet and fire, these elements at our core, without these things, there is no life. So I went 26 years neglecting needs, but I always showed up and I was always there for everyone else. I was the rock of my family, always. I was there to heal, to help everyone else. When I became so sick, it became very apparent to Eddie that in order to save my life, we had to change radically and drastically and quickly. He liquidated his business he had been working hard towards since high school. A land artistry, landscaping, hardscapes, softscape business. We sold everything. Our first apartment that we finally had together, everything we finally filled it with, we sold everything we possibly could. We fundraised and we packed up and got a one-way ticket to Arizona where I began more intense treatments than what I was receiving in New Hampshire. I believe to save spoons. If you're a fellow spoonie, you understand this lingo. But if you're not, this is the theory. Spoons are energy. And with a chronic illness, you're really only given so many spoons each day, and each day that looks differently. Sometimes I feel like I have two spoons, and that might just be just to get to the bathroom and back today. Or I feel like I have five spoons, and I might want to step outside today to sit here in the outdoors, to do my second podcast recording as I look at snow-capped mountains in the distance and the ocean in front of me. You know, it might have taken two spoons 
a two spoon expenditure in order for me to leave the RV and get Opie and I ready and get out the door and just walk a few paces. So everything is spoons, right? We have to constantly be reassessing, reevaluating, balancing, and figuring out okay, where today am I going to spend my spoons? So in the honor of saving spoons today, I am going to bring this second beautiful podcast to a close. And this is getting to know your host phase one, I'll say part one, if you will. There's so much to my life that brought me here and I want you to get a good idea of what exactly it was that brought me here. Find ways that you can relate to me in my struggles, in my most vulnerable, raw, open, and honest moments of my life. I'm letting you in. I'm letting you see me. But if you have any questions, anything at all, or you have a topic you might want me to bring up, or if you're interested in possibly becoming a guest on my podcast, please email me. Please reach out to me. I've created a separate email for this podcast. It is called Healing Soulfully at Outlook.com. So it's H E A L I N G S O U L F U L L Y at Outlook.com. Healing Soulfully at Outlook.com. I want to thank you, my friends, my family my supporters, and now you, a soulful listener. Thank you so much for being here this morning with me, for starting this day with me, for taking a breath with me, and being grateful for even just one thing today. By listening to this podcast today, you've taken a step towards healing. Healing is happening right now in this beautiful year of 2020. So much is shifting in the universe. So much heaviness that many of us are bearing. But trust me when I say, when there's difficulty, when there's pain, when there's death, when there's turmoil, and there's confusion, and there's hopelessness even, there's major change, major healing, and major opportunity right around this corner. So now with the landscapers heading in, as you can probably tell, and a beautiful raven cocking, cawing at me. I will leave you with this one final breath to become present in the today as I watch this beautiful sailor take off in his white and brown wooden boat just paddling with his yellow raincoat out to the open sea. 
Love, light, and healing soulfully to you all. Namaste. I'll see you next time, my soulful listeners. Be and let be.